The following podcast is a production of Vital for Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to the Vital for Women podcast, where we share the stories of successful businesswomen and discuss how the benefits of abundant, affordable, and accessible energy positively impacts their business. I'm your host, Lynn Granger, and today I welcome Britta Horn to the show. Britta, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me today. Britta, you have an exceptional background and pretty amazing volunteer experience. Can you tell us just a little bit about how you ended up where you're at now? I ended up very much from just always serving our community, and I've always had an opportunity to do that. So uh, way back 17 years ago, right after 9-11, our community got together and realized we didn't have a fire department. And we really wanted to take care of each other and serve each other. So we would wait. Our community is halfway between Steamboat and Vail out on the western slope. So it would be 45 minutes to an hour before anybody came. So we realized we needed to put something together. So as a community, we put together a fire department. And we have a nonprofit fire department that's been running strongly for 17 years. Wow, that's incredible. So the last 10 years, I've been able to be the the fire chief for it because I went down in I-70 and was able to work with different departments and uh, work with different fire departments, be an engineer for Gypsum Fire and also an EMT for Vail, fire, uh, Vail Ambulance. So being able to take all those, all those skills back to my community, we don't even have cell service. It's 20 miles away before you, someone will get a, a ping. So we really depend on each other and a landline and really knocking on each other's door to order to get the help that my community needs. You are currently the county treasurer as well, correct? Right. Back in 2012, I was appointed as the county treasurer for up in Steamboat in Route County as a treasurer and public trustee and then elected again in 2014. And I'm right now I'm finishing up my term because I've already put my four years in and really been able to serve my community in that way, not only just counting other people's money, but ba- making sure it's safe. And I think tax dollars need to be saved, especially when you have to turn the tax dollars back to all the different distribution back out to other community uh, groups, you know, like the fire department, the schools, libraries, water districts, and even um, all these different groups that really depend on all those different taxes. And as treasurer, talk a little bit about any experience you've had with property rights. Oh, definitely. Property rights are very important to everybody. And not only just the land, there's different types of property rights. So you have mineral property rights that are, that are on your land or could be severed from the land. But they have a, um, a value. They have a commodity. They actually are, you know, something that somebody can hold on to and say, we owe, own this. And they pay taxes on it. So right now we're coming to November when you see a lot of tax lien sales across the state. And that's where everybody in their community is when they don't pay their taxes for their land or for their minerals. They'll be advertised in the paper, and if they don't pay it in time, somebody else is going to come scoop them up, and we always sell all our minerals. You mentioned before your just best experience in volunteering, particularly in public services. Can you talk a little bit about, we've got Proposition 112 coming up that if passed could really put a dent in um, like severance taxes that go to pay for different public services. Tell me a little bit about how in your community, why public service 
you know, services are so important and what 112 would mean if it would pass in November? With 112 passing, we're going to realize how many tens of thousands and millions of dollars are not going to go back to these districts and these groups and these um, schools and fire departments, like I said, and libraries that are really depending on it and have already asked the community for this money. They're saying because X number of dollars of our personal property taxes or our um, land property taxes or our minerals or anything else that we're going to take a percentage and give back to these groups so that they can run, run the public services that we all want to have. So not having those monies come in, and they're going to be kind of looking for everywhere else, or they're going to have to cut back services, or they're going to have to cut back who knows what because the money's not going to be there. So it's very important that we don't let 112 pass because, in my estimation, too, it's unconstitutional. There's no reason that no way a government can come in and say, we're going to take something that has a commodity, a collateral that you own and just take away without at least letting us know how they're going to pay us for it because it's something you can, you own. And you personally have experience. You've got a ranch, you own uh, mineral rights and you have property rights. So personally, how are you feeling about 112? Well, absolutely. Not only just as a uh, personal property owner right now and owning all the land and owning the land and being able to have our cows on it and be able to run them every day. It's not just for us as my family and my husband and our family and the rest of the ranch, the family that's on the the ranch, brothers, uh, brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws and nieces and nephews. It is for the next generation. We might not tap into it right now. We're not saying we will or won't. But I want to make sure the opportunity is there for the next generation. We've heard some from some other ranchers um, and folks that, you know, in some cases, um, having those mineral rights kind of subsidizes their ability to still ranch and farm and do different things in Colorado um, that provide, you know, local produce and different things. So how... What, what are your thoughts on that and those folks that are kind of using those mineral rights to subsidize their business? Well, absolutely, because they have the right to do it. They bought it, and they have the right to use it. So why can't they use it? And I think that helps a lot because in ranching and farming and in anything, if you have a bad year, it's a bad you know weather year, you might not be able to sell all your hay that you need to sell to be able to feed all your cows or feed all your livestock. So you need to have that opportunity to be able to tap into it to help you on the good or bad years. How familiar are you with the energy industry? I think pretty familiar, not only as a landowner, but uh, years before I started as a treasurer, I was on the planning commission for South Route and uh, representing, I don't know, with about nine of us, and only a couple of us were probably more conservative than others. And I really, I cut my teeth on oil and gas because they came in, all the oil and gas industries came in and started knocking on the doors to all the different ranchers and asking, do you want us, you know, to see if we can explore your land and go ahead and produce oil and get natural gas or any other uh, commodity that they own? And so they had to go through the planning process. Well, the planning structure at the county was wasn't in place for oil and gas. So we had to go step by step and through it and like what's good and what's bad and coming up with all these conditions up to the point we had over 64 conditions just at the county level that were actually superseding the state level conditions mm-hmm. and how un- um, unsafe it was for anybody to be able to, not even unsafe, but un- uh, not right to be able to take 
put all those conditions on your own land. They've sent, since cut back a whole bunch of it, and they don't see as much anymore, but we don't see anybody knocking on the doors either. They said it was too difficult, all the different oil and gas companies, to do any kind of production in my community. You seem to know quite a bit about <laughs> through that process about the industry, and there's a lot of talk right now um, on both sides just because we obviously have a big proposition coming up this November. Um, what surpri- anything surprised you about the industry as you were kind of working closely with them? I don't think there was anything that's surprising, but I was just nice to see how safe everything that they work with and how they do it and how they produce and how they pull them, they, you know, extract the uh, the minerals out of the land, how safe it was. And it's not like the old days when people were thinking old ways and seeing these big, you know, oil gushes, like, you know, old movies from uh, John Wayne days. <laughs> it's more, uh, it's much safer and it's much more contained. You don't see any problems with, you know, water contamination, air contamination. It was just nothing. It was just something very, like comes in as a roar, but they just come out with a, something at the end. And there was, it's a very, very little um, disruption to your land. And as a woman, you've got, I mean, just, again, amazing experience, volunteer experience in public services, ranching. As a woman, how important do you think it is for women to be very involved in the conversation around this issue? Well, obviously very important because our economics and our future, and if we want to send our children to good schools and we want to have good, you know, public services that, you know, that are rendering like, great books at the libraries and great bike paths and everything that the community wants to have, we have to be able to ensure that it's going to be there. And if we don't have this kind of economic to continue paying for the taxes and paying for all those things, I don't know how, what we'd have for our children to have. And programs like Vital for Women, for example, how important are those programs, especially right now? Oh, absolutely. I think as, as we get together as a group and we start having these common, commonalities and talking about them, it doesn't matter if you're out in the western slope in rural America or in your suburbia or downtown, we all have the same concerns and making sure we're doing what's best for our children. Thank you so much, Britta, for joining us today and telling us a little bit about your experience. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks for your time. This episode and all others of the Vital for Women podcast can be found at vitalforcolorado.com slash women. New episodes are available each Tuesday and can also be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. Our executive producers, Debbie Brown and Amplify Strategies. Our technical producers, John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. I'm your host, Lynn Granger. Thank you for listening and welcome to the conversation.